Hello and welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Voyage, where we've set sail seeking validation, vindication, and Vikings victory. I'm the host of the program, Cam Erickson, and I've got my co-host here with me, Johnny Dittman. And we've got a lot to get into, a little bit of a hiatus for the Voyage boys, but we're back now after the holidays and some other things that we had to take care of. Uh, But nonetheless, we have a 2023 Vikings campaign that we need to put a bow on here and look ahead to a very important offseason for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, And so let's just start with where we left off. I don't know exactly where we left off, but it's been several weeks. The Vikings had an opportunity in front of themselves to try to make the postseason late um, and then lost at home, lost a tough one in overtime at Cincinnati, then come back on Christmas Eve, lose against the Lions at home, which basically put the nail in the coffin. Although there was a glimpse of hope uh, when the Packers came into town on New Year's Eve and we just got absolutely gobsmacked. There was some question as to whether or not the team would uh, make a change at quarterback. They went with Jaron Hall in that game and it was just awful. I mean, tough to throw a kid into that position in a primetime game on Sunday night football against a hated rival. And then when your defense doesn't play well to open it up and you get behind the eight ball and then they went to the bullpen, brought in Nick Mullins, just too little, too late. They got gobsmacked. And then there was really nothing they could do going on the road at Detroit. Uh, they needed some other things to happen, which didn't happen anyways. And they ended up losing that one. So now as it stands, I mean, I think the biggest thing for your Vikings and the biggest question that everyone seems to be talking about now is the future of this club and specifically at the quarterback position because the Vikings sit now with the 11th overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of QB prospects that the team has been keeping their eyes on. Kirk Cousins is heading into free agency, and there's been some talk about bringing him back. I'm going to open it up with this, and I want to hear your initial thoughts, Johnny. But I think, I think basically, well, there's a couple things here. But I'll, what I'll say here to start it off is that I think the team has uh, would like to bring Kirk Cousins back. I think that's everything that they've said to the media, and that's. Uh, you know, you can't always believe what what they're telling reporters and you don't expect the GM and the head coach to come out and say flat out, you know, no, we're moving on from Cousins at this point. I think they want to see where negotiations take themselves, but it's going to depend on the money. Uh, I think that's really what it comes down to. And Kirk Cousins has been open about, hey, it's not really about the money anymore. It's about continuity in the situation. And he'd like to continue to remain a Viking, but I think it's going to come down to what's the value and what do you think you can uh who do you think you can replace him with if you're going to go in that direction i i mean do you think that's a fair assessment johnny i think that's extremely fair and i think that both sides are i think the it's in it's in everybody's best interest to bring him back um it's just not that easy uh, it's 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 a complicated situation i i mean i i'll say this i want him back i think that i've i've gone through this roster and I know that we have a lot of work to do, but we're going to sign Justin Jefferson back to the team. He's going to come back. And whether Daniil Hunter comes back or not, we're going to be able to sign some free agents because they're going to be out there. And um, 
I like this roster. And, you know, the other thing that uh, I think that we should talk about here going into this, like you mentioned, extremely important offseason is uh, all the coaching changes in the NFL. And that is actually, in fact, a good thing for the Minnesota Vikings, because that means that we have a better chance of retaining Brian Flores. Brian Flores is extremely important to this team, and I cannot stress that enough. Yeah. And it's been interesting to where uh, several teams have interviewed quite a few candidates for their open head coaching positions. And Brian Flores has not been included in any of those interviews. So is he still being blacked out by the rest of the NFL? I'm not sure. Uh, Or maybe there's just other guys out there that teams put put above him on their lists. But I think that's a, a super important thing that you bring up there because Brian Flores took this defense to another level and hopefully with another off season of, uh, uh, you know, adding some personnel, there's some question marks there with guys like Daniel Hunter who comes off the best season of his career. He's in the prime of his career and um, he's at a premier position in the league. So it's going to be interesting to see whether or not they can bring him back. I believe also DJ Wanham is a free agent yep. and he, he just suffered a major injury towards the end of the season. So, um, yeah, but, uh, as far as, as coaching continuity for the Vikings, uh, Brian Flores is, is looking like he's going to be your defensive coordinator in 2024, which is massive news for the purple. Right. Um, but let me ask you this. What's your, where's your stand? Where do you stand on Kevin O'Connell at this point? I know this season wasn't really super good to assess his ability right now because of all the injuries and how everything kind of got shaken up and, and I will still give the Vikings some credit for for competing and and being in the mix uh, until late in the season, but uh, it was just too much to overcome. And I'm not putting the blame on Kevin O'Connell. What do you say? Listen, there's a lot to talk about with that, and we could be blue in the face. We could be talking about this till the sun comes up, as it is 9:40 uh, <laughs> Central Time. But listen, I mean, it's a it's a little bit, in my opinion, I'm going to chalk it up as a sophomore slump. Last year, he was firing on all cylinders. We looked outstanding. Our offense, it was just a beautiful thing to watch. It looked like just an all-time hire. Uh, He looked like he was, uh, you know, just an an up-and-coming coach in this league. And then this year, he was dealt with some adversity. Uh, And, you know, the thing about that is everybody deals with adversity. I mean, it's not like he's the only one that dealt with adversity. He just, in fact, I don't think dealt with it very well and I, I think that's a fair thing to say right now do i still have confidence in kevin o'connell of course i do uh i have a lot of confidence confidence in kevin o'connell uh i think he was just one of those years and it was he was he, we were due for this a little bit of a sophomore slump um but uh, yeah i mean you could say it's mismanaged and we could have made the playoffs but we were never going to win a playoff game i mean let's just be honest with ourselves right uh, so let's go back to the quarterback conversation real quick here. Then as the way I see it, there are three options here. Option number one is you bring Kirk cousins back on a short term deal. Yeah. Uh, probably some guaranteed money, what he's looking for. Yeah. And you would supplement that by drafting a young quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, I think, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. You, you have to determine what the value is, whether or not you move up in the draft or you let your guy fall to you, whatever the case may be, you identify your guy and you have him sit behind Kirk cousins. Now, the problem with option number one is you are 
taking away the benefits of of having a quarterback on a rookie deal because he's going to be sitting presumably for a year or two, yeah. right? Uh, option number two is you go and just draft a guy. You don't re-sign Kirk Cousins. Maybe you move up in the draft. Maybe you vault all the way up to number three in the draft, right. a trade with the New England Patriots or to number five with the LA Chargers. And you uh, identify your guy and you go get him and you draft him and you run with it and you say, we're starting our rookie quarterback and that's how we're going to play this thing out. Benefit there is, again, you, you're you playing a quarterback on a rookie deal. And, and look, that is enticing as well too because uh you see a guy like cj stroud winning a playoff game in year number one now however i would say you know to play devil's advocate there i i'd say that's probably more the exception than the rule uh just because you know more often than not guys are guys struggle in year one uh cj stroud is is has been an incredible he's one of the best rookies um, of all time yeah exactly and and then, um, uh, and then option number three would be you you uh, uh, attack some other gaps on your roster with your first round pick, and you re-sign Kirk Cousins, and you don't bring in anybody else. You don't bring in a young quarterback. You say we're going to wait. We're going to continue to play things basically the way that we have, which is try to be competitive uh, next year as well too, and. The argument for that is, hey, look at the quarterbacks that are remaining in the NFC field this year. You have Brock Purdy, Baker Bayfield, Jared Goff, uh-huh. and uh, Jordan Love. I mean, it's um, you know to say that the Vikings would be competitive in this NFC this season if Kirk Cousins had stayed healthy, I think is is not a far fetched statement. So there is an argument for for that position as well too. Um, and you could maybe address the interior of your defensive line, address your secondary, maybe with the first overall pick, um, with your first round pick or, or something like that. So that's the way I see it. I see those three options. Do you agree? And do you think you have a preference on either of those three options? I, it's, I'm not someone that rushes to conclusions. I like to to weigh my options and really think about things. I, initially, I want to bring him back. I want to run it back with him. I felt like we left a lot on the table this year uh, with him getting hurt in Green Bay. Um, he, he, what's interesting about this is, okay, in, in the perspective of Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mensa, it's in their best interest to – what they preferably is they would like to draft a young quarterback and keep Kirk cousins. Right. Right. I think so too. Yeah. I think that's right? probably what they, they would they, ideally like to do. Right. Cause they have a chance to win next year. And then that gives them job security moving forward. Now, if you're Kirk cousins and your kids are about like, let's call them. They're maybe first graders, second graders. I don't know. With the Vikings choose to do that. Uh, he's going to be looking at a different option come uh, 2025, right? I mean, he's going to have to move on. And does he keep one? I think he's got a lot left in the tank. So it's just an interesting situation. Like he might not want to come back to the Vikings if that's our plan, right? Because if he's already going to have to move on after the next year, then why stay this year? Uh, Yeah. And and then the other perspective would be Justin Jefferson. You know, Justin Jefferson, uh, the best receiver in the entire universe, is he going to want – he definitely is going to want us to sign Kirk Cousins, right? He's done outstanding with them. 
Now, let's say we draft a rookie quarterback. How does he feel about that? He's a guy that um, he's a competitor. He gets front. He does not like to lose. And what is that doing with the rookie quarterback? And how is that going to make him feel? So there's a lot of things going on with this uh, situation. And it's going to be very, I mean, fascinating to see how it unfolds. Yeah. And I think Kirk Cousins can say all he wants. It's not about the money and he wants continuity, he wants to be a Minnesota Viking until he retires. But at the end of the day, you're right. I think if if the team has other ideas in mind and they're they're already preparing for their next guy, and maybe Kirk Cousins gets an enticing deal from from a, a, a different team and free agency, and it's enough for him to say, you know what, let's go take that opportunity and let's let's see what we can make of it. Right. Uh, I wouldn't put that past him. I don't think it's a shoe win that he just automatically wants to be with the Vikings, and no matter what the money looks like, and no matter right. what the offers look like from other teams, I don't think that, that that's fair. Now there's cap considerations here as well too, because like I like I said when I opened the show, I think the the biggest consideration here is going to be what kind of money are you going to be paying Kirk Cousins? You don't really right. want to pay. I don't really want to pay a guy $45 million over the next no. two seasons, uh, a 35, 36 year old who is coming off uh, the first major injury of his career. Um, and, and, you know, force yourself to be tied down to that and not be able to utilize that money on some other assets that you probably need on the other side of the ball. Uh, it's hard to argue that a rookie quarterback, would probably be in a pretty good position with the weapons that we have, the offensive line that we have, um, everything like that, you know, to come in and try to try to compete in year number one. But but uh, it's not easy. It's not easy for sure. Is there a quarterback? Now let's 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 talk about this. I think we're both in agreement that the best situation for the Vikings would be let's uh, let's bring Kirk Cousins back on a team friendly deal. And also draft our guy. I think that's that's the ideal situation. Now, uh, let's say that's not the case. Is there a uh, is there a rookie quarterback in this draft? Who is it that you are willing to move up in the draft and go nab, say in the top five, and give up future assets for probably you know first round a future first round pick and and a second round pick or something like that to move up in the draft and get your guy? Who is it? Who's your guy? Drake May. Really? Yes. I I, mean, I think Caleb Williams is off the table, right? Maybe, but there could be a, I mean, it, it would require a massive haul and it would require like a, probably a three team deal because the bears are sitting on that number one pick. They don't want to trade it directly to you. I mean, it's right. It's a, yeah. But so it's obviously Caleb Williams, but let's just call it for what it is. It's probably not going to be him. So it would be Drake may. Now the guy that I've been looking at and I've been really warming up to, I think we can stay at 11 and get Jaden Daniels. I love Jaden Daniels. I have fallen in love with Jaden Daniels tape. I think he makes uh, rhythm throws. I think his, his arm talent has been really underrated. I think this last season, he really pushed himself up and in terms of uh, his draft standings and as an NFL prospect, just because he had an amazing season, obviously winning the Heisman, but uh, what he can do with his legs and and his rhythm passing. I mean, he really developed in his two seasons at LSU. So Jaden Daniels is a guy that I would definitely be willing to look at. Yeah, I mean, I, I would that would be outstanding. I don't how ready is Jaden Daniels. I do not know. I'm I'm not qualified to answer that question. Um, as for like a, a Michael Penix, I like Michael Penix a lot. I just don't, I mean, here's the thing with 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 Penix. 
He's outstanding. But through like, I think there's a stat out there through like 12 games. He was only, he only was hit 12 times. And then you see in the national title game. So what we watched was that, uh, you know, was that like a mirage kind of? And I mean, because that's not reality in the NFL, right? You got to deal with pressure. You got to deal with a lot of different adversities and such. So I don't know how high I am on Michael Penix, and I'm not high on Bo Nix at all. Um, I think JJ no. McCarthy just announced that he's returning. Is that correct? No, he declared for the draft. Yeah, I don't want him either, though. So no, I don't want him. Absolutely, do not want JJ McCarthy. <laughs> no. Um. Uh, Jaden Daniels or or trade up and draft Drake May. I like Drake May a lot. I need to warm up a little bit more to Drake May. I'm not so sure. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Bears decide to do, whether or not. I mean, listen, the Bears could fuck this all up and 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 draft uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, somebody else has an opportunity at Caleb Williams. So um, I don't know. Caleb Williams could also pull some crazy crazy crap and say he's not willing to play for the bears and force his way out of that. We, it it has happened. It's not far fetched. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of moving pieces here. We could continue to, to beat this drum, but I don't think any of us know. I don't, I think there's a lot of speculation out there and we're not going to have a good picture of this until after the super bowl, things will start to become more clear maybe, but, uh, a lot for the Vikings to think about. And without a doubt, this is the biggest off season in the past 10 years for the Vikings. Um, just with all the decisions and where they sit uh, right now. I mean, if you want to, if you consider yourself a competitive team and you want to remain competitive, like the Wilfs want this group to do year in and year out, well, yeah. sitting at the 11th overall pick is probably going to be your best pick then that you're going to have for some time. So now right. is your opportunity to move up in the draft if you're thinking about doing that, yes. if you identify your guy. I have to agree with you on Penix, though. I love his arm talent. The raw arm talent is as good as anybody that's going to come at, come out in this draft. Uh, but the injuries scare me. His lack of mobility scares me a little bit. Um, I think he was gift-wrapped a very quality offense at Washington. And, I, you know, he'd have the same situation here, but it's the NFL, man. I mean, you're right. going to get smacked around. You're going to get hit. Uh, but if they fall in love with a guy like that, I mean, that's a guy that they could probably definitely get at 11. I think his stock has dropped a little bit after the national title game, but I think he, he might drop to a second round pick. Could be, could be as far as that. Yes. You know, um, I mean, and then there's some other guys towards the bottom of this draft too. I mean, when Ewers, I know we just said we're not that high on bone Nicks, but, um, is Some Quinn Ewers names. is Quinn Ewers coming out? He's eligible, but I don't think he's declared anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if you do it, you gotta you gotta go all in. You gotta get Jane Daniels. You gotta get a Drake May. You gotta have a splash. And I'm just praying to God it's not JJ McCarthy. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. Qu- Quinn Ewers is returning to Texas, so he's not an yeah. option. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you go get your guy. If if he's your guy, go get your guy. I don't care what the price is. Go trade up with uh, the Patriots. Go trade up with the Chargers. Get get right. a guy that you fall in love with. So, um, but I mean, overall, twenty twenty three for the Vikings was a disappointing season. You end up in last place in the NFC North. Uh, let me ask you this now: Are the Minnesota Vikings in the worst spot of any of the NFC North clubs? You had the Packers and the Lions move on to the divisional round. Uh, you had the Bears, who are sitting on the number one overall pick and the number nine overall pick. Uh, are the Vikings in the worst spot 
of any of the teams in the NFC North. No, I would not say the worst spot. Um, I think the Bears still have to do it. Uh, they played well. I think they played well late in the season when everybody's quarterbacks were all banged up and they could they could sneak wins in there. Um, but listen, I mean, I, it's it, the beginning of the season. Everybody said the NFC North is the worst, one of the worst divisions in football. I mean, you tell me, we who the NFC North has two teams still alive. Is there another conference right. in, in the entire <laughs> right. NFL that has two teams alive? I mean, the NFC North is back. And yeah, I mean, you know, so that's where I think that you kind of got to bring back Kirk. I just, he's not going to want to sign for a, a one-year deal. That's going to be the problem. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's two years and I think it's probably some guaranteed money in there that he's going to be looking for. So Definitely a decision to be made, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but we can move on now and talk about the rest of the landscape of the NFL. Let's look at uh, what happened over wildcard weekend, which was interesting, but really non-competitive uh, as a whole. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with the first game. You had Houston at home just gobsmacking Cleveland, who, yep. you know, I mentioned not long ago that Cleveland could have been a legit Super Bowl contender. And I think this roster for Cleveland is still a Super Bowl caliber caliber roster, but uh, they just weren't able to go on the road and execute offensively. Joe Flacco made some mistakes and that was really the turning point in the ball game. And then it was all Houston after that. Um, CJ Stroud, D'Amico Ryans, they have their guys. Houston's a scary team. Houston's a scary team. I was all over Houston in this one. I think they were plus two and a half, and I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, Joe Flacco throws two pick sixes. Uh, I, D'Amico Ryans, I mean, he's an absolute animal. He's a stud. I mean, they brought yeah. in, you know, and let's not mention Will Anderson, too. That was a great draft for them. Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud. I mean, are you kidding yeah. me? And then you bring in D'Amico Ryans guy who's played in in Houston um I mean I think their luck uh comes to an end but very impressive yep and then you had Kansas City handling their business at home against Miami on the frozen tundra at Arrowhead uh Miami just looked piss poor I mean they couldn't get anything going offensively Tua looked like crap he's got a noodle arm uh the conditions were were nothing for Miami Miami's defense was also an incredibly depleted and they just they just looked bad. I mean, you watched you watched the the beginning of that game, and you saw Tua run out of the tunnel, and you just immediately thought there is a zero percent chance Miami is going to win this game. And we said that before <laughs> yeah. the game, even. Um, you know what I you, I have a problem with this game. All this all this they're talking about how cold it was. It yeah. wasn't even a top three coldest games in NFL no. history. I mean, no. give me a break. I like, know. That's what like I all said. That, all that beer being frozen, that's fake. Yeah. And also, like, who cares? We dealt with that at TCF so many times, too. So it's what? Not a, big, yeah. not a big deal. No. Deal with it. That's football weather. Um, that's right. Detroit getting their first uh, playoff victory since 1991. Good for them, I, I guess. Uh, you know, uh, NFC North rival, so I'm not going to be Sure. bouncing up and down for them but uh good for them i guess uh they put the ball in the hands of jared goff towards the end of that game although i'll say this about that game i thought the officiating was terrible yes and i thought it was Both similar sides. to i thought it was similar to bounty gate i thought detroit was <laughs> <laughs> i mean 
I mean, maybe I shouldn't go that far. It wasn't that bad, but no, I know uh, what you were saying though. It was competitive ball game. Yeah. Stafford, Stafford showed grit. I mean, Dude, he he's fought so the, good. Yeah. I, I loved it. I loved to see Stafford's performance in that game, but I mean, I get it. Like when people see like Jordan love throwing a fadeaway pass, which is just, he's got bad technique. Uh, but when you see a guy like that has good proper technique and just an absolute hose like Matthew Stafford, and he's tough as hell, there's going to be a day where Matthew Stafford is not playing football anymore, and that's going to be a very sad day for me because he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. Yeah, and that 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 game really emphasized that. Uh, you had Green Bay going on the road at to Dallas as seven point underdogs, and. Uh, just smacking the Cowboys, smacking the Cowboys. And the Cowboys are saying that they're going to stick with McCarthy. They're going to stick with Dak. Dak looked horrible. Uh, was this more about the Cowboys just pissing down their legs? Or were the, the Packers were pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. But uh, I think it was course, more about that. Of course it was about the Cowboys pissing down their leg. <laughs> I mean, that and they they bring back Mike McCarthy. I mean, that fat fuck can't get his team ready for anything. Uh, Dak was terrible too. I mean, he had a couple picks. That was one of the most. That was I hammered the Packers in that. I loved the Packers in that game. All the hype in the world for Dallas. This, that, and the other thing. People on Twitter coming at me because they think C.D. Lamb is in some universe is better than Justin Jefferson. C.D. Lamb had like seventeen drops. The guy sucks. <laughs> uh, you know, Dak is horrible. I mean, I they keep McCarthy. I mean, Dak. They're, I don't. I don't know what to think about that team. I mean, they've, they've, they've never won anything in their lifetime. They've choked. This was their best opportunity. Life. Yes, yes. And we can say that they always have a good regular season, which they always do. But it would. This was a little bit different. This was a little bit different, even though they never really. They but looking back at it, they never really beat a good team. No, but they hadn't lost at home all year. So right. Yeah, it's just bad, bad stuff from Dallas. I don't know how they're going to run that thing back. That's bad. Uh, Buffalo, the the game got moved to Monday because there was apparently too much lakefront effect snow. Uh, Josh Allen looked incredible. Pittsburgh was was. I'll give Pittsburgh a little bit of credit for fighting back they after being down twenty one zero. But uh, Josh Allen, this Buffalo Bills club, I think they're pretty legit, dude. I think we'll get into next week, but. This game coming up between Buffalo and Kansas City is going to be a massive one. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen is... I mean, it's... Well, it's... Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, they they were basically given, like I think their uh, chances to make the playoffs after they lost at yeah. Philly was something like 5%. And they they went on to win out, I believe, and and launched themselves all the way up to the number two seed in the AFC. Uh, granted... Right. It was some other teams struggling too that helped them out, but but now now look at them, right? No, they played great. I mean, they have a legit home home field advantage. Um, I mean, the Steelers, Mason Rudolph. I've never seen a quarterback more immobile in my life. Maybe uh, he just like he drops back and just like can't move his feet out of the pocket or in the pocket or really at all for that matter. He actually struggles to drop back. But credit to Buffalo, Josh Allen is. I mean, he's, I'm trying to find like a, a metaphor for him. I mean, he's your, 
he's your Tesla, the the best model Tesla, and you take it out and it's unbelievable, but you keep getting tickets in it because you're going too fast and you don't know. I mean, he's <laughs> unbelievable. That run he had, he's so big, his arm strength, he's got the weapons. They got pretty banged up in this game, though. Yes, they did. That's that's one of the keys. They're they're pretty depleted, especially on defense. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I loved this result. Tampa Bay smacking the Eagles at home. Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Eagles just absolutely collapsed the second half of the season, and especially down the stretch. Um, Sirianni, Jalen Hurts looked like they just they just lost it. They couldn't really get anything going. I'm not putting it all on Jalen Hurts either. They couldn't run the football. Uh, their defense played awful. They just they couldn't tackle anybody. Nobody put their nose in it. Uh, and Tampa Bay, I mean, credit to them, but I, I don't know. I, I, they didn't impress me really all year, and then they come home at a, in a playoff environment and and just take care of business. I mean, you. I think you put it politely, but I mean, this Eagles team just flat out gave up. Yeah, they gave up. Yeah, that's fair. They, I mean, they flat out gave up entirely aj brown wasn't even at the game he was at some rodeo i i, I don't know what's going on there uh i mean sirianni's gonna get canned I mean, there's no choice about it you i agree and people are like he was just went to a super bowl and it's like yeah that's 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 awesome but guess what it's philly and you're yeah. gonna come out and you're gonna give all these like cliches and be super corny and do all the rocky this and balboa that well listen not so fast. That shit doesn't fucking work when you lose. And I mean, that's I, I've never seen I've, I've never seen a team just give up on their coach like they did. It was insane. Yeah, they lost. They lost. The, he lost the locker room, and Jalen Hurts lost the locker room too with all his post game bullshit that he comes up with. Uh, he was more worried about what he was going to say in his post game presser than like trying to compete in that second half. It was he's just more worried about sick. yeah. He's more worried about what hoop earring he's going to wear for which game. Correct. I know, and in all honesty, I do. I in all honesty, I do think that Jalen Hurts was extremely banged up this season. Like, yeah. I think he's going to have surgery of some sort this off season because he just didn't. And you know what? The reality is, is maybe he's just not that good. Yeah, I think that could be fair. I um, mean, they ran the ball a lot last year. Yeah, they, yeah, he just wasn't able to run it. Yeah, you're right. Right. Uh, let's look at the divisional round. You got Houston going to Baltimore as nine and a half point underdogs. Houston coming off a big win and Baltimore, I mean, the the odds on favorite to hoist Lombardi. Um, Interesting line here because I think Houston can keep it close. uh, Although Baltimore is just gobsmacked teams at home all season long. And I think they're going to be ready to play. They just activated Dalvin Cook to the active roster. Um, I don't think that really matters that much, but... I think Lamar is chomping at the bit. I think I think Baltimore comes out and rolls. I think they do too. And I think that Houston has some injury problems on their own uh, on defense that is they're going to struggle a little bit. They're going to go to Baltimore. And listen, uh, I'm not going to hide the fact that I am a Lamar. I'm a Lamar Jackson fan and I'm going to root for Lamar Jackson to win the Super Bowl this year. Um yeah, I, I it's <laughs> The line is a minus nine in the playoffs. Uh, that's a that's a tough line to to really handicap right now, and it's just going to get tougher and tougher as it as it goes on. But I like the Ravens a lot. I think they're going to roll. They're going to roll the Texans. Yeah, and then you have another nine point line with Green Bay traveling to San Francisco, nine and a half. Um, you know, Jordan Love 
good good for him and all going on the road beating uh-huh. beating the Cowboys. They look fine. Uh, whatever. Right. Tip your cap to uh, to that slouch over there on the sidelines in Green Bay. But uh, mm-hmm. this is where this is where the rubber meets the road, and San Francisco is gonna just fuck them up. They're gonna dominate. Yes, they're gonna absolutely boat race them. They're, they might run the ball thirty five times because Green Bay is just not going to be able to stop them. But uh, with that being said, I do think that Green Bay, I think they're going to score some points here. I like the over in this game. I think there's going to be a lot of fucking points scored in this game. Hmm. I think yeah, oh, totals like, at 50, 50 and a half. Right. I like the over in this game. And for reasons uh, I'm about to mention, and that's just the simple fact that I think as great and outstanding as this 49ers defense is, they do allow teams to throw on them. I mean, Drew Locke threw on them late in the year. Um, so their secondary is not fantastic. I think that uh, I, I kind of li- I like the over in this game, and I like San Francisco to cover, which is insane that I think they're going to cover 10, but that's what they do. Yeah, I like that angle. Uh, and then you have Tampa Bay visiting Detroit. Tampa Bay is getting six and a half on the road. Uh I'm going to tell you what right now. I I think this is a letdown spot for Detroit. I I do. I mean, I I see it as they just caught off this emotional roller coaster of a victory. Um, you know, it was a physical ball game. Everybody in Detroit's riding high because they just won their first playoff game in forever. Mm-hmm. And T- Tampa Bay has you know, just has found a way to to gain some momentum here and uh listen Tampa Bay's got a roster that's loaded with a bunch of guys that were around when they won the Super Bowl and right they they still know how to play man and people are they're they're rallying around Baker Mayfield and look I I'm not saying that the Lions aren't uh, motivated to get things done here either but I like the number I like Tampa Bay being able to go on the road and cover and I'd be willing to sprinkle the money line at plus 235 you took the words right out of my mouth Detroit, I've seen it a million times. They win their Super Bowl. They win the and people are crying. Uh, yes, it's a scene in Detroit. And uh, here's the one thing I know, and I've witnessed this: you get up for a game, it's louder in hell. Everybody thinks you're just going to trounce the team. Fans, everybody, confidence is through the roof. Then you get punched in the mouth, and you get deflated yep. a little bit. And I think that's what Tampa Bay is going to do here. I love Tampa Bay with the points. Yeah. And I like uh, I like points in this game too. I might go with the little first half line, uh, first half over and game over. I like points in this game too. Yeah, and uh, Tampa Bay didn't do anything when they played uh, Detroit in the regular season. It was like twenty to six. Yeah. So I think Tampa Bay's got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder to make things a little bit more competitive For here, sure. and I wouldn't be surprised if they win. Yeah. Um, Kansas City travels to Buffalo. This is the this is the game, man. This is yep. you know all the talk. Patrick Mahomes goes on the road for the first time in his playoff career uh, at Buffalo. Buffalo is going to be dealing with some injury problems. I think the only hope, you know, what Buffalo fans are hoping here is that they can get some of the guys that they didn't have last week back because the guys that got banged up in uh, the game against Pittsburgh are likely not going to be around. And I, I don't have any names here. I, I'm not looking at the injury list, but uh, um, they, they're going to be battling some injuries. Let's just put it that they're way. Gonna it's be not going to be, gonna be very thin at linebacker. Yeah. The linebacker, what uh, was, and it became a slight issue against the Steelers, although they weren't able to expose it as much, but um 
the thing that concerns me here with Kansas City, I mean, just the whole season, they just haven't been able to to really do much with their with their skill position players. And I think uh I think Buffalo carries the momentum that they have at home and and a chip on their shoulder because they keep losing to Kansas City and they finally get the opportunity to bring Kansas City into their house. And so I like Buffalo. Yeah, this is where we're gonna differ. I'm taking I'm taking Kansas City with the points here all day and twice on Sunday. Uh, a banged up bills a banged up bills team uh in the middle of the field uh even though he hasn't played great travis kelsey does still exist uh they they've figured out uh rasheen rice a little bit uh he could pop off uh pacheco running the ball and i think kansas city's defense is pretty good and i I like uh, I like a prop of uh Josh Allen throwing an uh interception prop a lot because I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think he's going to turn the ball over, it's going to come and bite him in the butt again and Kansas City's going to roll. Mm. Yeah, that's uh that's fair. Just that's one thing Josh Allen has certainly struggled with is uh taking care of the football. So uh they're going to have to be a lot better with that. So um yeah, I don't know. These are some interesting matchups, so kind of not what people ex- would have expected. Um uh, but uh nonetheless, we got uh we got divisional round football here and then things are starting to wind down, man. So um I'm looking forward to it. And anything else? I mean, I I kind of wanted to be quick with this and quick hitting with our Vikings analysis, quick hitting with our playoff stuff uh and and just get back to our listeners here and uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. You got anything else before we uh, wrap up? I would like just to announce and mention uh, because I don't post on Instagram and I don't post <laughs> and talk about a lot of these things, but your boy did get engaged in the, yes. uh, since the last time we had an episode. So pretty exciting there. And uh, you know, we went to, we went to on vacation and it was great. We got engaged, went on vacation, didn't really worry about it that much. And just, uh, just, it's, it's already begun Erickson, you know, I, we're on the plane ride home and we're sitting next to each other and, uh, I'm watching a movie. I'm watching, uh, zero dark 30. I don't know if you've ever seen yep. it. It's a fantastic yep. movie. And, and, you know, the seal team six is they're going up and they're just about to pop Osama bin Laden in the forehead. And I'm just into it. And I look over and Lizzie's looking up, she's on Reddit looking up wedding venues <laughs> wedding venue ideas yeah. so yeah it's already begun uh but no it's it's exciting so it was well, good to celebrate ex- with you yeah absolutely i was i was there the day that you got engaged and we were able to celebrate after have some beers and and cheers to you man congratulations uh and uh definitely well-deserved vacation for you and um Looked like you guys had a great time out there and we're all super happy for you. And um, yeah, you you got a uh, busy time ahead of you. So, uh, you know, yeah. maybe you can talk to the spread inspector about uh, what to expect from that, uh, that whole thing. But, uh, but Hey maybe, man, it's all maybe, good. Maybe and, we'll have um, a segment. Maybe we'll have a segment where it's, just, <laughs> yeah. I get one question a week about ad, advice questions. Yes. Yeah, the spread inspector gives don't pet bad clubs advice on, uh, on the whole marriage bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good stuff, man. And uh, yeah, it, it was good to have a little bit of R and R, some time off from Voyage. It was probably necessary too because of us. I mean, we would have we would have pounded our heads through the wall with this Vikings team, and I was I was frustrated, man, over the course of the past uh, of the 
of the home stretch of the season. Uh, really wanted to see this team succeed, but they just weren't able to get it done. Like I said, the injuries piled up, and now we move on into a critical off season. And so um, we'll be back, and uh, we'll we'll continue to uh, put out content. And we got college basketball. We're in the the swing of things with college hoops. So make sure you're tuning into Voyage College Basketball if uh, handy handicap on the round ball is something that you're interested in. And um, we'll talk to you guys uh, through the rest of this football season and uh, appreciate everybody tuning in again after our after our break there. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Skull Bikes.